bring your time and bring your shame bring your guilt and bring your pain don't you know that's not your name you will always be much more to me every time i fall there'll be those who will call me a mistake but that's okay Cause I hear a voice and he calls me redeemed When others say I'll never be enough And greater is the one living inside of me Than he who is living in the world In the world In the world And greater is the one living inside of me starts the next song. Why don't you take a minute, turn to your neighbor, welcome them here this morning. If you see someone you do not know, introduce yourself.
cross I look To the cross I cling Of its suffering I do drink Of its work I do see On it my Savior Both bruised and crushed Show that God is love God is just At the cross you beckon me Draw me gently to my knees And I am lost for words So lost in love I'm sweetly broken Holy surrender Sound of nature. 
Give God another hand, man. That was a great, that was awesome. That was very cool. 
Well, I just want to welcome you. My name is Luke McLean, and uh, we're glad you're here, and uh, it's a good day to be alive. And uh, we're just excited about what God's going to teach us this morning as we wrap up our Broken Things series. At this moment, would you pass the friendship folders down the aisle? We appreciate that. Let us know you're here. Let us know how we can help and serve you and your family. And, and if you're new with us, I just want to say we're glad you're here. Would you do something for me? Would you find us at the Welcome Center as you leave? Just find a couple minutes and just introduce yourself. And we got something for you. Uh, we just want to say we think you're great and we're so glad that you're here. Um, so I know it's a big deal to get out of your car, walk across the parking lot, come into a place you've never been before. I did that about four months ago here. <laughs> so we know what it feels like and so just thankful you guys are here. And uh, just this morning, we want to share something really cool. We have an amazing opportunity coming up on October 25th. It's called Trunk and Treat. How many of you have participated in that last year, or at least have heard of it? Hopefully you've heard of it. <laughs> but the first thing is, is we are really excited about the opportunity to serve our community in this way. We had 500 participants last year. And numbers are great. But when numbers are associated with people and people are associated with lives, it takes on a totally different perspective. And so our church has an incredible opportunity to open up our trunks of our cars and to hand out candy. And I know some of them have decorated their cars before. This is my first year experiencing it, so we are really excited about it. But we're going to have a limited amount of spaces. About, we have about 35 40% full as far as the, uh, the serving opportunities. So if you're interested in serving and bringing your car and handing out candy, you can head to our website. There's details in your bulletins as well as we are asking that you guys sign up to, um, to participate and invite your neighbors, invite your shared first hour, invite your Mary Kay lady and her kids, like bring them all here and we'll fill our parking lot full of kids and, and just have a really great time. And so at this moment, I'd like to ask the ushers to come forward for this morning's offering. And if you're new with us, would you just let the plate pass? You're welcome to participate, but this is something for our church family, for regular attenders who are in the grace of giving. Um, let's go ahead and go before the Lord. God, we come before you a broken thing. God, broken things gathering in this church. And God, we just get that on the table. God, knowing that our past is what it is, our this morning it was what it was, our week has been what it is. And truly, God, our life continuing on will be what it is. But God, we know those things don't define us. Jesus defines us. And so God, that truth is where we cling this morning. It's just knowing that the same power, God, lives in us. The same power that rose from the grave, that defeated death, lives in us. And so, God, we proclaim that truth this morning. And, God, now as we give of our treasures, God, as you give to us so generously, God, we give out of a heart of humility and sacrifice, knowing that you will widen your kingdom with these treasures. So, God, we give now out of that heart, proclaiming the name of Jesus and his power. Amen. It's who you are, it's who you are, 
As you're thinking about that, uh, how can you not be reminded of the broken world we live in by what happened in Las Vegas this week? Uh, as, as we woke up Tuesday morning and we just saw this uh, you know, play, being played over and over and over, just here we're seeing this, this tremendous tragedy uh, as we've watched all week long. They're trying to figure out motive, trying to figure out all this. And at the end of the day, there's so many questions that we have. And I, I want us as a church, we, we pray for Vegas. You know, I, I follow a church that is out there in Vegas. It's called Grace City. I love that. Isn't that a na- nice name for a church? Grace City Church. And they're out there, and they're, they're trying to bring people to Christ and to a growing relationship with Jesus Christ like we are. But, uh, you know, as we think about something like Las Vegas, uh, nothing could be, be a, ba- a bigger example of the broken world we live in. It's such a fallen and broken world. And then you go on to think about other brokenness. You think about the, the hurricanes that are just seem to be coming one after another right now. It's like, man, we just put one hurricane away. We just start to, not even enough time to rebuild to barely get food and water to people. And then another hurricane's hitting these islands and hitting different parts of the United States. And, and, and it's like, wow, you know, how, do, how do we answer that? How do we answer that brokenness? When, whenever you see people that have lost their home, whenever you hear stories of people that, that were trying to hold on to their family and they've lost family members, that, that the current of, the, of a flood took them away from their, uh, away from their family themselves, how do you do that? How, how do you deal with that? How, how do we understand brokenness? How, how, how does this all compute? And I think one of the things that we've got to understand is that, that sometimes as Christians, we, we know the right answers, don't we? We come through and we, we like to give those right answers. We like to say, well, here's the, here's the why. We want, why, and we want to give a because. But as I look through the scriptures, quite often I see, for example, we're going to look at this morning, the Apostle Paul, he doesn't talk about because, he talks about so that. And, and, and he, he talks about living with the end in mind. And, and, and as we deal with these brokenness, and so this morning you've come and you have either, either dealt with brokenness in the past, you're dealing with a current form of brokenness or you will deal with brokenness to come. And as, as you come to these times of brokenness, where, whether it's a loss of a loved one, a loss of a job, a loss of a, a relationship, uh, all kind of pain that we deal with, we always want to go to the why. And we have these nice little Christian answers that we can give. And we can come up with these Christianese answers and it, and it just sounds so good. But at the end of the day, we walk away and we're, we know those Christian answers, but we're still in pain. And I want to remind us this morning that it's okay not to be okay. And when we deal with things that are problematic, when we, when we look at, you know, if, if our family, if you had a family member that, that you lost in a flood, it's okay not to be okay. There, as we look at these events and we look at our loss, there's a grief that happens. And I want you to remember this too, that, that, and somebody shared this with me, that you don't get over grief. 
you don't get over it. You know, when, when you've lost something, you don't get over that. You get through it. You don't go over it. You don't go under it. You don't go around it. You can only get through it. And so as you're dealing with grief and uh, a loss from something that's been broken, I want to give you permission this morning. Permission that it's okay not to be okay. Permission that it's okay to grieve. Permission that it's okay to cry out to God, where are you? Because the psalmist did it. As you look through the book of Psalms, it's so interesting to me. David cries out, oh Lord, where are you? Are you still there? And somehow we think that in our brokenness, like uh, in, in modern day Christianity, it's like, okay, I'm broken, but I have to smile and I'll put on the Jesus smile. And so this is what Christians do, right? Right? In the meantime, we're just shattered. And, and I, I, I never see in Scripture where people go and they say, man, because of that there, because of this tragedy, oh, I'm rejoicing because of the tragedy. No, he says to give thanks in everything, not because of everything. And there are many things of, of brokenness that as God puts us back together, we see tremendous healing. But this morning, I want to just start with that thought there. Because I think we look at verses like Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Uh, plans to give you a hope and a future. We look at, we look at verses like this. And, and what we do is we, we read our own meaning into that. Oh, look, this means you'll have no pain. No, no. God says, I have a plan. And my plan is, is, is bigger than what you can see. And part of that plan, he says, it's not to harm you. The, the end result is not for your harm. The end result is not to, it, it's to give you hope and a future. This was a promise given directly to the children of Israel. We take the principles and we glean it into our life. God has a plan, and it, but yet it does not mean that there will be no pain. It does not mean there will be no desert. It doesn't mean that, there will, there, that you'll, you'll be without trial. And, and it doesn't mean that whenever you have pain that you have to somehow deny it. That you somehow have to say, well, um, everything's good because, because uh, I'm a believer, because I have God. Uh, everything is good at the end. And, and so the Apostle Paul takes us from, from uh, trying to answer because... You know, when we, when we come and we try to answer the because, you know, why do these floods happen? And I can give you a because, I can give you a very good theological because. However, when I'm looking and I see how the Apostle Paul answered, the Apostle Paul didn't come and give the theological because. He gave the so that. Uh, these things happen so that God may be glorified, so that the greater story. And he points us to God's greater story, but he doesn't give this, you know, this whole theological reasoning he gives you because God's in charge and because God has a greater plan so if you would look into 2nd Corinthians chapter uh, 1 verse 3 the, the apostle Paul here let me just give you a little background about 2nd Corinthians this is really kind of cool and I when I was reading this and 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 just learned this that when he was writing 2nd Corinthians there was a tremendous problem going on in Judea uh, there was a famine and so the Apostle Paul was going out to these Gentile churches, to, the, to these new churches that had no foundation. They, they were not from a Jewish background at all. They had just come to Christ. They heard the message and they started to follow Christ and churches were planted. He's going back to them and he's, he's gathering up funds to send money back to the, to the church over in Jerusalem to help them in their time of famine. 
uh, these people that were Jewish and had become believers of Jesus. So they were from two different worlds, but united in the blood of Jesus Christ. So he sends out these letters, and he, he's going around. He's trying, to, he's trying to help them. And as he comes to 2 Corinthians, uh, the, the, the support from, from the Corinthian church was a little bit waning at this point. So he goes in, and he, he puts them into the so that... He doesn't answer the because. He doesn't answer the why. He answers the so that. And let's look here. He says, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comforts, who comforts us in all of our troubles. He's the God of all comfort. Praise be to the God of all comfort. This morning, if you would just understand who our God is, He is the God of all comfort. I remember as a, as a student down at Liberty University, Jerry Falwell used to preach a sermon entitled, The God of All Comfort. I can still hear his voice, The God of All Comfort. He was an incredible man. But I'll never forget him talking about how the God would come alongside you in comfort. And, and you know, the, the word comfort, I think sometimes we, we, we mis, misunderstand the word comfort. Quite often we come in and we think comfort means sympathy. Or, you know, see, here's what, God is not comforting you like this. He is not coming and giving you candy to distract you from the problem. If grief is not something you get over, you get around, you get under, you got to get through it. Comfort is whenever God, and this is the meaning of the word comfort, it is strength. He comes alongside and he gives you strength. He gives you help. This is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Um, he, he, is our, he is our comforter. He comes alongside of us. So here you are. You're out there. You're marching through life. You face some brokenness. Things are hard. Life gets shattered. And the ministry of God, the Father of all comfort, is that he comes alongside of you. And he gives you strength. He doesn't make the pain disappear. He gives you strength to get through what you're going through. See, this is the God of all comfort. And when we understand that, he's, he's not pacifying us. He's not distracting us. Psalm 121, verses 1 and 2. I lift up my eyes to the, help, uh, to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And so the psalmist had it right from long ago. As they faced troubles and they questioned God, where are you at in this picture? They came back to reasoning. I look up into the hills. I look up higher than the hills. I look up into heaven. That's where God is. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Uh, when we face brokenness, the Lord actually draws us close to himself. Do you realize that? When, when, you, when you are broken, the Lord draws us close to himself. And, and Psalm 34, 18 says it right. It says that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. When you have a crushed spirit, when you're broken, there's pain. There's, there's, there, there's, there's responses that we have to life, and we, and we, we re, react to life. You know, there's one phase of, uh, of grieving is denial. The next phase is anger. And you know, when we go through denial, we go through anger. These are part of the process that we go through that provide healing. And I want you to know that God is the God of all comforter. He's the God of all comfort. He's your comforter, comes alongside of you. And gives you strength while you're going through that process. And, and for so long, I, I think we've had this unsaid thought that Christianity is, you know, 
you know, everything will be happy. You know, it's the, what, what they call the health and wealth prosperity thing out there, right? You know, uh, if you follow God, if you give your money, you'll never be poor. You may give your money and be poor. You may follow God and have trials. But he promises this, that the God of all comfort will come alongside of you and he will give you strength. Now, the Lord is close. If, if he uses brokenness to draw us to himself, he says that the Lord is close, right? So if the Lord is close, that, I want you to envision a, a father that picks up his child and places the child right on his chest. And as the child is squirming, maybe the child's crying, Maybe the, maybe the child's crying because he got, he got hurt. Maybe the child's crying because somebody took his candy down in, 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 in Sunday school this morning. Somebody took his candy. Uh, maybe, maybe he's crying because he didn't get what he wants. Or maybe he's crying because he fell down the steps and he's hurt. At the end of the day, the kid is crying. He's in pain. The father is holding him and he just tries to console him. He tries to love him. He gives him strength. Son, it's going to be okay. Son, we're going to make it. Son, let me, let me fix that boo-boo. Son, you know what? Yeah, I, I'm sorry that your neighbor took your candy. Okay, that, that's, what, that's what an earthly dad does. Our f- heavenly father, he is close to those. And I want you to picture that brokenhearted. He takes the broken heart and he says, come to me. Your crushed spirit. He pulls you close to himself. But we look at verses like this and we're reminded that we don't always feel that way. And if I could share this with you this morning, what we feel and what is real are often different at times. What you feel and what is real are often different at times. Would you read that with me? What you feel and what is real are different at times. In other words, Scripture tells us brokenhearted or close to him. But I'm in pain and I can't feel it. All I can feel is the pain. I want you to picture the child who is up on the, the chest of his dad, but he's not thinking too much about that. He's thinking about the fact that he fell down the steps and he scraped his knee. And all he can think about is that knee. And yet the dad is holding him, the dad is providing for him, the dad is caring for him, and that dad is providing security, stopping him from future fall, all kind of things that the dad is doing. But yet that little child does not feel what is real at that moment. And I want to encourage you, when you're going through pain, the God of all comfort, he says he's come alongside of you. And so as you go through grief, do not try and deny tears. Do not try and deny pain. Do not try to get over pain. Uh, when, when, we try, when, we, when we do those things, we actually prolong the healing process. It's like we've got to face some of these things. We've got to go through them. And God is the God of all comfort. He comes alongside. He's the one who comes alongside. And he's the one who makes the difference in our life. So what is real and what you feel are not always the same. Um, the, the Apostle Paul said it in 2 Corinthians 6.10. He says, our hearts ache, but we always have joy. Do, do you see that? Our hearts ache, but we always have joy. What is real and what you feel can be different, right? He's saying, man, this is hard. Uh, The Apostle Paul, he wrote during times of famine, like in 2 Corinthians. He wrote during times of jail, when he was in jail. And he always, always brought us to the so that God may be glorified. 
so that your story may connect with his story and we put it all together and we see God's greater plan. It doesn't necessarily come and give us the why. Why did this famine happen? Why did he go to jail? Um, you know, there, there's, there, sometimes those reasons just aren't there. Sometimes we don't have the why. We don't have the because. And if I can just say, say this this morning, that, that, that God grieves with us. God grieves with us. Uh, he's your father. Uh, think, think of a dad who's, who, whose child is hurt, and he's trying to console his child, and, and, and he's hurting. He's grieving with the child. That's what our God does. Isaiah 53, 3, he was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him. We looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. The prophet here, Isaiah, is describing to us Jesus. He was despised and rejected. He was acquainted with sorrows. He understood sorrows. And so as you, as, as you understand that this is the God of the universe and he left heaven to pursue you, he comes, to, he comes from heaven, lives on earth, lives a perfect life, a sinless life, and yet he has to experience grief. He experienced all the grief like you and I do. Um, over in John eleven thirty five, it's the shortest verse in the whole Bible. Jesus wept. This is the first verse I ever memorized. Yeah, Jesus wept. Say it with me. Jesus wept. All right, I'm helping you to memorize a verse this morning. Jesus wept. Now let's add the, the, add the address, John eleven thirty five. Say it with me. John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. Try it with me again. John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. Now turn to your neighbor. Hey, I just memorized the verse. Go ahead. Go for it. All right. Now you can never say I never memorized a Bible verse. Jesus wept. He goes to a funeral. It's Lazarus. Good friends. And if he can cry at a funeral, don't you think it's okay for you? He saw all the people. He saw the grief. He saw the emotion that was happening, and and it invoked inside of him. And this was the God of the universe, who's 100% God and 100% man. He comes down to live this perfect life, and yet in his perfection, he cries. Tears are not a sign of weakness, folks. Tears are a sign of strength. Men, real men are not afraid to cry. You know, when you think about a real man who's not afraid of something, you know why men are afraid of crime? Because we're afraid what people think of us. We're afraid that you might think we're weak. A real man is not afraid about what you think. And he sheds tears. And he goes through grief because the God of all comfort comes alongside of him. Our God was despised and rejected he understood grief. He grieves with us. So he, he sees what you're going through. But, you know, it, it's a time when God can speak to you. Uh, your brokenness is a time that God can speak to you. I, I love what Rick Warren says, and I've quoted this before. He says that God never wastes a hurt. God's not sitting up or zapping you. God's not saying, uh-huh, I'm going to make your car fall apart this week. I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to zap you with a disease. He's not doing that. Every good and perfect gift comes from, from the Father above. But God uses the pain of brokenness to help us grow. And as he uses that, that, that is transforming. And you start to see that, wow, in my brokenness. So could it be that your brokenness can be used? 
Your brokenness can have a purpose. That as you come with a shattered dreams, broken hearts, broken toys, that God says, I'm going to put this thing back together and I am going to be the one and I'm going to use that pain to help you grow. Could it be that sometimes we're so distracted? I like what C.S. Lewis said. C.S. Lewis, the, the, the great philosopher, he said this, pain insists upon being attended to. God whispers to us in our, in our pleasures. He speaks in our conscience, but shouts to us in our pain. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. When we're in pain, it's like God is talking to you. You get the message when he's talking, don't you? And sometimes when things are going so good, we don't even hear his voice. Because the TV's too loud. But yet when the pain is on, we can hear it. The God of all comfort, he uses it. It's his megaphone. He comes alongside of us. And don't, if God never wastes the hurt to work in your life, may I encourage you, don't you ever waste the hurt. In other words, don't go out and inflict hurt. That's not, that's not healthy. That's not helping anybody. But don't ever waste the hurt. In other words, you have an option in a moment of hurt, in a moment of pain, you have an option. I can run to God or I can run away from God. And as you're running to him, God knows all your questions. God, are you still there? I, the psalmist was allowed to pray that way. You're allowed to pray that way. God, are you still there? Lord, help me. I'm having problems. And, and you're allowed to share with him because he already knows it. And he wants you to come back and tell him that. He's waiting for you. He's, it, this is a, a, a dialogue. You're made in the image and the likeness of God. He knows your needs. He's waiting for you. The God of all comfort comes alongside of us and encourages us. He brings good out of bad. Romans eight twenty eight. For, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and, and are called according to his purpose. Uh, we know that everything that happens in life, God works good. Whether it's bad or good, we know that God works. His purpose will not be thwarted. Now, if, you, if we can start to... That, there's a truth there I want you to catch. The purpose of God will not be thwarted no matter what decision you've made and no matter what catastrophe comes your way. His, God has a plan. He has a purpose. And his plan will not be thwarted. We know his purpose works together for good. And, and he continues on in Romans chapter 8. He says this. He says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or pearl or sword? Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God. Nothing. Nothing you can do, nothing society can do, nothing that the weather can do, nothing will be able to separate you from the love of our Lord Jesus Christ. Can we give our God a hand for that this morning? What an awesome God. We love our God, man. That's, that's who he is. That's who he is. The, 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 your, your brokenness cannot stop what he's doing in your life. Your brokenness is, it, it cannot stop his love. That's why he came. 
And as you're going through the, the process of denial to anger to healing and all the processes of grieving, uh, again, whether, whether it was a job that you've lost or a loved one that you've lost or a relationship that you've lost, there is a grief process when we are broken. And as we come, we've got to remember that God is the God of all comforter. He's the one who, and again, this isn't, it's the God of all comfort. It means he gives us strength to get through it, not a comfortable ride. Never mistake comfort with comfortable. He gives us the God of all comfort, strength to get through it. Um, you, know, you know what? Have you ever noticed that we spend so much time on this side of eternity uh, on temporary things? We look in things that, that, that aren't going to be here long, like buildings, <laughs> you know, your house, your garage, cars that are going to rust away, right? One day, all that money you put into that car will rust away, you know? Isn't that, isn't that a joyous thought, you know? Just, just keep putting money into it, right? And, it'll, you know, and, and, and it's like jewelry, all, all those things, all, all the things that we, 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 we fret over, uh, careers, all the, all the stuff that's so temporary. And then, then whenever we die, you know, I always say this, he who dies with the most toys still dies. And there's truth to that. Just remember that. He who dies with the most toys still dies. But whenever you go, I've never seen a U-Haul behind a funeral. There's never been a U-Haul going behind a hearse. You don't see a trailer behind a hearse. There's, a, there's only one thing that you get to take to heaven with you outside of the loved ones that you can share and bring to heaven, right? There's only one thing you get to take to heaven with you, and that's your character. And so what is God doing in your brokenness now? He's preparing you for heaven. He's taken and he's trying to work your character. He's working your character like we talked last week with the potter and the clay. He's shaping you. He's taking and making your character because your character is going to go with you into eternity. And that is pretty powerful that God will work on your soul. 2 Corinthians 4, for our present troubles. Remember, he's, he's writing in times of famine, right? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, for our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles that we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen. For the things that we see now will soon be gone. But the things that we cannot see will last forever. What if our brokenness was the place where God could work what if God would were able to work brokenness take your brokenness and use it for his glory God uses our pain to help others God uses our pain to help others and we can understand that so right now when I'm going through pain I don't really want to know anybody else that can be helped because I want my pain to be stopped right but if we look here at what Paul says, let's pick up the passage in 2 Corinthians 1, um, verse 3. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles so that, there's the so that, not because, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. So that we have this, and it's happening. God's working in our life. He comforts us, and how, why does he comfort us? How, how does he comfort us? So that. So that 
you can comfort somebody else. So that in our, uh, we take our comfort that we've received and we give it to somebody else. Verse 5, for just as the sufferings of Christ flows over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. You see, we, we talk about being a follower of Jesus. He suffered, therefore we too will suffer. So therefore, we have got to understand, not only will we suffer, but we will be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. One of our ministries now is to not only do we share in the suffering, now we share in the comfort. And the comfort also through Christ, we comfort others. It it, it overflows. It's just a natural outflowing. When you've received comfort, you're going to naturally want to help comfort somebody else. That's because you've been there. Uh, If we are distressed, verse 6, if we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it's for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings that we suffer. Verse 7, and our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, you also share in our comfort. Do, Do you see what's happening here? God says, Not only is he the God of all comfort, not only will he comfort you, but now he's going to take and he's going to work in your life. And that hurt, that pain, as you heal, you're going to be able to come alongside somebody else and help them heal. Um, I was talking to somebody in our church over the past month here, and they were sharing how that they were going through a problem. And they actually got together with a group of people, and they were meeting together with a group of people that had the very same problem. And they were able to bear one another's burdens and able to share. And these people that were two years ahead of this person on that, on that path, they were able to come over and say, look, let me come alongside you and help you. This is the, the, you're going to make it. You're going to be able to go. And, and they came alongside and they were ministering comfort. They came alongside and provided strength. And this person is saying, oh, I needed that so much. I was so glad to have somebody there. And you know what's going to happen to this person as they heal? Because they're not going to get over it. They're going to get through it. And as they go on and they further on into their life, that brokenness that is in their life, they are going to be able to come alongside and help somebody else like somebody's helping them right now. It's what we believe. It's what God told us. That's why we do this. That's the so that. That's the so that. I want to encourage you. you. You've been in life groups. I'm hearing tremendous things about life groups already. I'm hearing, hearing incredible things about people who are getting able to come together and they're able to share. They're, they're bearing one another's burdens and, and, and growth is happening. It's incredible what happens. I, I, I love the feedback that we're hearing that, man, I'm just, I've, just, I've been encouraged by the body of Christ. And that's what we do. We get that God comforts us. We come alongside and we comfort somebody else. That's what we're all about. Um, this morning, I'd like to encourage you with the hope of heaven. As you think of, uh, as you think of your brokenness, God gives us the hope of heaven. And there, there's few things that can really be encouraging more than to look at the end. You, you know, we, we, we don't understand why did Las Vegas happen. We know there's incredible amounts of evil and for a man to do something like that, such an evil rage. But we won't have the answer this side of heaven, but we do have the hope of heaven. 
And as we have the hope of heaven, that's what gets us through. We don't understand why, why hurricanes come and, and wipe out people and wipe out uh, islands and wipe out all kinds of things. But we do understand that the end is already won. The victory is already won in Christ. So I want to encourage you with Re- uh, Revelation 21.5. Revelation 21.5, Jesus sitting on the throne says this, Look, I am making everything new. He says, I am making everything new. Uh, that's, that's what the whole Bible's about. I said this a few weeks ago. In the first two chapters of Genesis, we see the perfect world. It was, God made, made this wonderful Garden of Eden. Everything was beautiful. He places them there. Genesis chapter 3, they fall. So there's the fall of man, and, uh, and we have lived in brokenness ever since. And as that brokenness, we're dealing with brokenness over and over and over. So we take that brokenness, and God's job, Jesus' job, is to make all things new. You look at everything from Genesis chapter 3 all the way through Revelation until you hit the verse tw- uh, chapter 21, and you'll see that it's all about restoration. It's all about redemption. It's all about God putting the pieces back together. And as God puts all those pieces back together, he says, I am making all things new. Uh, That's what happens when we come to God. We we trust him as our savior. He he says, I'm making you a new creation. And so as as we consider this this morning, I'd just like to read to you a little bit about our hope of heaven. This is uh, Revelation chapter 21. I'm going to pick up in verse... Uh, verse 3, he says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and, and they will be his people and God himself, and, and will be with them as their God. He's talking about heaven. And verse 4 gives me a tremendous amount of hope. He says this, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. The brokenness that we have, the end is that it's passed away. And if you're in, we're in God's story, this is his story, right? He says that he will wipe away the tear. Do you realize that there's only, only one person who can really help with our brokenness. We can come alongside. God, our God, the God of all comfort comes alongside. But he's the one who, when we get to heaven, he says, look, I'm going to, I want you to visualize with me the finger of God coming onto our cheek and wiping away that tear. That tear of brokenness that you faced because of bad decisions you made here on earth. That tear that you faced because of cancers things that took your loved ones, things that took your own health, things that robbed you of many things because of this broken world. God says he is the one. And, and that, you know, there, we say there'll be no tears in heaven. And what the Bible says is that he will wipe away the tear and there'll be no more from that point on. So as we get to heaven, I, I want you to think about this because as we get to heaven, God is the one, he says, I'm gonna wipe that tear away. And it will be no more. For the old former things are gone. They are past. And then he continues in verse 5. He says, I will make everything new. Uh, Look, I'm making everything new. Verse 6, he says, it is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of water of life. 
I want to encourage you this morning in your, in your walk with God. Uh, let the God of all comfort come alongside and give you strength. Don't try to get over it. Let God take you through it. Get around other people who will come around you and, and around other believers in the church who can come and, and you can be a shoulder to lean on. Uh, and, and you can lean on their shoulder. And then I want to encourage you, maybe there's some areas that God's, God's given you some healing in, and he's mended some brokenness. Would you come along and comfort others? You know, last week I asked you to, to sign up to serve. And I want to encourage you, if you lean forward, the, those cards are still there, the green cards. If you took one home and you're thinking about it, you want to serve, sign up to serve. Fill that out, put it in the offering box on the wall as you leave, and, and we'll get back to you this week. But, but I, I, want you, I want to encourage you to come and, and think about this and say, okay, I'm, how can God use me? Even my brokenness, I can still do what God has called and maybe, maybe there's not a right fit here and a not right fit there, but we'll, we'll help you. We'll help you find where God is working, God's leading you. And, and as, as you start moving, how about, the, how about this? I want you to realize between this church and your house are hundreds upon hundreds and upon hundreds of people that need Jesus Christ. There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, and we're excited about what God is doing here at Crossroad. He's bringing people to Jesus in an incredible way, and we're so thrilled. We praise and we honor his name, and we realize that part of how God is going to do this, he's going to use your brokenness on your street, at your place of employment, at your place of recreation, at your school, for you guys that are middle school, he's going to use it in your middle school. He's going to use it in your high school. He's going to use it at your college. He's going to use your brokenness to reach a world that is dying. And, and, and without you, without Jesus, all right, and without him, he's placed you there, there's no hope. And so God says, take your brokenness, let the light of God shine through the cracks in your life, and you realize some of your, you you know people, and everybody knows somebody that says, well, I would never follow God, that's a crutch, you know? I like to say, well, what's your crutch? You got anything better, right? I've got the end in sight, right? I want to encourage you, when you're with your friends and and maybe they're like, well, you know, I don't believe all that God stuff, let them see an authentic Christian who's broken that God has put back together and watch what kind of Jesus they're attracted to. Because most of those people that say that have been turned off because they saw somebody that was fake. They saw somebody that knew the head talk and not the heart talk. And when you go out with your brokenness and you have the heart talk, it's amazing what God does, and he uses you right there. He's placed you there. Let's close in prayer this morning. With our heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, I'd like to encourage you to take your brokenness and first of all, come to the God of all comfort. And if that's you this morning, you've not yet opened your heart to Jesus Christ, you'd like to invite him into your life, I, I, I'd like to call you this morning to, to, to respond I think we can't look at these scriptures and not respond. So my first challenge is if you've not yet opened your heart to Jesus, would you open it? Would you call on him? He says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will be saved from the punishment of their sin. This is how you start that relationship. This is how you get the God of all comfort. He comes alongside of you. You open your heart to him. You admit to him that you're a sinner. And you call on him for his power. 
So if that's you this morning, I invite you to, to just whisper something to God like this in the quietness of your seat. Just cry out to the Lord, Dear God, I need you. I'm a sinner. I've done wrong things in my life, but I need you. You came to the earth. You paid for my sin. You died on the cross. You came back to life again. And I accept you right now. I want you to be my good, good father. And I want to be your child. And for others this morning, may I invite you to take your story God's given you your story. Each one of your stories are different. God's moving in all, all of, every one of our lives in different ways. But it's the same end. It's the same end. We get to be with God forever. The so that is so that God may be glorified, so that you may grow, so that you may know Him. Can I invite you to, number one, trust the God of all comfort with what you're going through right now? And number two, would you, would you go out and make some decisions? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to these people. Start making a list. Uh, here's some people in my neighborhood. I, I'm just going to go over. I'm just going to start to be friendly and see if God will open doors for my brokenness and where I can crack and let them see this crack pot and let them see the glory of God through a crack pot. Father God, I pray you'll be with each person right now as we respond to you. In your name we pray. Would you stand with us as we close?